this Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Susie. Has anyone else joined the call this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Sister Yvonne. Same thing to you. Have a wonderful and blessed you too. Thank you. And I heard someone else just join the line. <clears throat> Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Susie. Has anyone else joined the line? Well, good morning, all. Everyone have a wonderful day. Is anyone else joining the line that would like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Susie. Has anyone else joined the call that would like to say good morning? Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call? Anyone else join the call who would like to say good morning? Yo, 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 yo. What's up, family? Good morning, Brother E. Good morning. Anyone else like to say good morning? This conference is being recorded by the online Anyone else like to say good morning on this beautiful morning? Hey there. Good morning. This is JC. Susie, how are you? Good morning, JC. I'm doing well. How are you? I am blessed, sweetie. <laughs> I will not complain. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, we got to claim it, right? <laughs> That's right, we do. <laughs> Has anyone else joined the call who would like to say good morning? Good morning, Saints. This is Sister Veronica. Have a great day. Good morning, Sister Veronica. You have a great day as well. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anyone else joined the call? Anyone else like to say good morning on this beautiful Thursday morning? Has anyone else joined the call would like to say good morning?
anyone else join the call? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Anyone else join the call? Good morning, Susie. Hey, family. Good morning, Lisa. Anyone else like to say good morning? Gonna be a nice hot day in Stockton today. Did anyone else join the call? <clears throat> Excuse me. Awfully quiet this morning. Yeah. Good morning, it's Tanisha. Good morning, Tanisha. Anyone else like to say good morning before I get started? Okay, well, it is time to move on to the next segment of the call. But before we move forward, we do ask that you mute your line so that we can proceed. And good morning again. My name is Susie, and I am your hostess. And thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to stay with us for the rest of this month for the monthly theme entitled The Faith Factor. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There are two announcements this morning. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Woman's Call, hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They will be going through the book entitled Emotionally Healthy Spiritually. It's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature by Peter Sazero. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Time right here by dialing the same number tonight. You will be blessed. Second, if you have been blessed by the call and would like to sew into it, please visit www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me forward slash declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. Uh, they were, there were no prayer requests were submitted via the app, and there was no uh, spoken prayer request this morning. So the order of the call is the declaration will be by Tanya. 
and praying in corporate praise will be done by Diane. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declared. <clears throat> Excuse me, Tanya, sorry about that. Again, the order of the call is a declaration by Tanya, and praying in corporate praise will be done by Diane. The scripture for today is Galatians 5, 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the declarer, Tanya. God bless you all. Have a great day. Good morning. Thank you, Susie, for doing a great job as usual. Um, this is my way, you guys, of doing a sound check. I just want to make sure that you can hear me. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's, you can hear me okay? Yes, we sure can. Great. Thank you. Um, and, and I know that you've been asked to do so, but if you could one more time um, check your phone lines just to make sure that you are muted. Just double check however you need to do that. Uh, please do it if you're doing it uh, through your mute feature. However, just if you could um, check check your your line to make sure that it's muted. And, and one more thing. If you know, as you as you are being blessed by this call, uh, and as you invite people to call in, it would be really, really great that you give them a heads up of how the call operates and remind them that you know they need to mute their phones when they um, when they do call in. I know sometimes we forget, you know, we're moving around or whatever. Sometimes we forget, so I'm just putting extra emphasis on this because the call is being recorded uh, for future playback and there are people that we want to hear the entire word and sometimes if we are not muted people can be distracted all right i felt a story coming on last night so y'all need to go on and dig in <clears throat> this is going to uh, be interesting uh nevertheless i pray god that your word will accomplish what you've sent it out to do as you've given it to me, in Jesus' name. Rinaldo and Mario, we'll, we'll call them the cousins because I don't feel like saying their names multiple times for the duration of this story, okay? All right. The cousins were born 10 days apart to two sisters, Renita and Maria, that were 10 years apart. How does that happen? Anyway. Even though the pregnancies were a shock to both sisters, they did an incredible job raising their sons to be respectful, men of their word, with a work ethic who valued family and honored God. They both obtained masters from UC Davis and moved back to the San Francisco Bay Area upon completing their studies. Ronaldo entered the field of information technology and Mario became an architect. Their love, bond, and competitive nature was unmistakable. For example, if one got hurt or was sick, the other one 
stayed by their side, even as little bitty boys. If one got into an altercation, whoever it was that challenged them was going to have double trouble. I'm absolutely serious. If one decided to play sports, the other one followed suit. It seemed like their competitiveness was the catalyst for them to excel in whatever they did, but it also helped them to be to to be accountable to each other. It was obvious that, that they were trying to outperform each other, but at times there seemed to be something else at play, primarily from Rinaldo directed at Mario. Maria couldn't put her hands on it, but she could feel something simmering. Please mute your line. Rather than feeding the negative thought, she added that concern to her prayer list over their lives. Mario was the more disciplined of the two. He was punctual, dependable, exemplified leadership characteristics, and, and he was frugal. That's not to say he was cheap. He simply had the discipline not to make impulsive decisions, period, because he believed to get the best bang for your dollar or to make the best decisions, it was important to do your research. His motto was that if he purchased the right thing, it would last longer, even if it meant paying a bit more for the item. True to form, his electronics, vehicles, whatever he purchased lasted for several years. Ronaldo, on the other hand, spent money like it grew on trees, but he also made a lot of money. Ronaldo, um, uh, he had the gift of hooking up outfits, decor, and finding sales, which is fine, but he was impulsive. He had every pair of Jordans imaginable, drove a Tesla, and all of his suits were tailor-made. It wasn't that he lived above, above or beyond his means. It was that he spent his money lavishly, and the only savings he had was a, res was a result of a mandated contributions for his 401k uh, at his job. He talked about starting a sunshine fund, uh, but to date had not done so. He's all, he always felt like he had more time. He would do it later. He wanted to get this or he wanted to get that, and then he was going to start his sunshine fund. Here's the Tanya, not Tanya nugget. A, I define a sunshine fund. It's a tongue twister. My definition of a sunshine fund is the reverse, <laughs> I can't get it out, the reverse of a rainy day fund. Let, let me get spiritual for a moment. The proverb says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? If I call my unexpected fund or unexpected savings a rainy day fund, it feels like I am prophesying catastrophe into my life. Like I'm expecting negative things to happen because I am calling those things that are not as though they are. In other words, I am setting the stage for challenges based on what leaves my lips. 
So does that mean I don't save money for the unexpected? Nope, nope, nope. That's not what I'm saying. We all need an unexpected fund. But give it a different name like uh, a sunshine fund or more money coming my way or just-in-case funds to be used for important things that pop up. For example, car repair, um, a, a cracked uh, device, your device has a cracked screen or your device needs repair or leaky roof or large appliance replacement or spontaneous trip, etc. It serves the same purpose as a, quote, rainy day fund minus the doom and gloom we call into existence by using that phrase. Listen, it's my story, my analogies. Now let's get back to the kissing cousins. At a family dinner, Mario announced that he had been looking for a home but had been become frustrated um, with the prospects. Either the, the house was, you know, what he liked, but the area was, you know, not what he was looking for, or the area was, was nice, but the house wasn't, um, so on and so forth. So he decided to purchase land and custom design a residence in the Oakland Hills. Ronaldo didn't say much at dinner, but Maria could see the wheels turning in his mind. And through the form, that thing started to stand up. It was weird. Anyway, at the next family dinner, Ronaldo announced that he too was having a custom home design. Remember, they're very, very competitive cousins, and if one did something, the other one followed suit. Fast forward nine months. Ronaldo, who is always in a hurry to get or do something, and to do it first, because he is the eldest, he purchased property and broke ground before Mario made, it, made him want to pop his collar. The workers quickly laid a concrete foundation which was much cheaper than what Mario suggested, but it allowed the workers to begin framing the house three weeks ahead of schedule. He believed Mario, excuse me, Ronaldo believed that saving money on materials people can't see, for example, the foundation, wiring, plumbing, and et cetera, uh, would allow him to indulge in extravagant purchase, purchases, purchases like furniture, um, high-end appliances, uh, decor, those were things that he valued. Um, and in, in areas where he could, um, he also saved money in areas uh, where he, uh, because he used cheap labor, um, like handyman, jack-of-all-trades, but master-of-none kind of people. Um, uh, and, and some of them came from the old neighborhood they grew up in. Mario's building project seemed to be going at a snail's pace, primarily because he put great emphasis on the foundation. I'm going to say it again. He put great emphasis on the foundation. Why? Because Mario knew that a proper foundation does more than just hold a house um, excuse, just more than just hold a house above ground. It also keeps out moisture 
insulate against the cold, resist movement of the earth around it, and it should last forever. Remember, a good foundation. He used steel reinforced foundation walls and footings made of poured concrete. Mario knew that building a good foundation required more than digging a hole and pouring concrete into its form, kind of like what his cousin Ronaldo did. See, the house must be tailored to its site like a custom-designed suit, taking into consideration soil conditions, water tables, even the quality of backfill, and as with a custom, you know, again, as with a custom suit, every detail must be perfect, which is why Mario's foundational work was a slower process than his cousin Ronaldo. You know, you would think Ronaldo, because he liked the best, he liked custom design things, he liked tailor-made suits, you would think that he would realize that his foundation needed needed to be perfectly fit, just like his custom design suits, but he didn't think that way. See, he's in a hurry. His motive was different. He was in a hurry to get his house built before his cousin. In 1989, a year after building their home, the Loma Prieta earthquake hit the San Francisco Bay Area. Mario's home, with its sturdy foundation, withstood the earthquake. But Reynaldo's home crumbled like a deck of cards. Canyon, what does that have to do with the faith factor? I'm glad you asked. It has everything to do with the faith factor because at the core of our relationship with God is a firm foundation built on, you guessed it, Now let's get ready to do some work, you guys. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I do not, I repeat, I do not want you to take your phone off mute and answer them. I'm going to rattle these questions off. And it's okay if you don't get them all. We're going to have love, life, and victory when I'm done telling my story and explaining about the faith factor in the way that God gave it to me, and so I can rattle those, I can, I can uh, state those questions again during Love, Life, and Victory, if you like. I don't know, you might not like my questions. There is a reason why we call ourselves, at least me, um, many people call themselves believers, and there is a reason why we call ourselves believers. The word believer comes from the root word believe. The dictionary defines the word believe as to consider to be true or honest, to accept the word or evidence of whatever that thing is that you're willing to believe or that you want to believe or that you are forced to believe. To be a believer, you must believe in something. In other words, you have faith in something. So here are my series of questions. What do you believe? 
I know that's a broad question, so let me rephrase it. What do you believe in? Okay, specifically, what do you believe as it pertains to God? Selah. I mean, like, do you really believe the word of God? Or do you just think the Bible is full of a bunch of stories that someone wrote? They lie. Remember, part of the definition of believe is to accept the word or evidence of. Seriously. Where is your faith? Is it hidden under a bushel or a rock? What are you doing with it? I mean, your faith, your belief. Do you only pull it out when you need a quick fix from God? Like fix your situation. For example, your rent, car note, PG&E, get you out of some type of drama, etc. Again, what are you doing with your faith? What is your faith factor? The word factor is defined as one that actively contributes to the production of a result. Let me say it again. Factor, the word factor, is defined as one that actively contributes to the production of a result, like it's an ingredient. Okay. Faith is at the core of our relationship with God. I believe that faith is more important than anything, including prayer and fasting. Tanya, how could you say that? Well, think about it. If you pray, but you don't believe God will or can answer your prayers, you're just having a monologue, like a one-sided conversation with yourself. And you might even answer yourself because you certainly aren't talking to God. He is not paying you no attention. Am I being judgmental? Absolutely not. Let me show you something. The word says, no one can please God without faith. For whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek him. Let me say it again, because I, I just want to make sure that you don't get caught up in me judging you about having monologues. No one can please God without for whoever comes to God must have faith that God exists and rewards those who seek him. That's Hebrews 11.6. You can, you can look it up yourself. I use the Good News Translation. If you fast and don't believe you will see results from your fasting, um, I hate to 
brave, be the bearer of bad news, but you are just skipping a or some meals. And it's okay if you're trying to lose weight real quick or whatever. But faith is required for prayer and fasting. But before you even get to prayer and fasting, we have to go back to the very basic requirement, which is salvation. And salvation puts us in position to adequately and properly pray and fast. Salvation is a very simple process. You believe and confess. You're not even in the game, for lack of a better term, without first applying Romans 8, 9 through 10, which says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved. For it is by our faith that we are put right with God. It is by our confession that we are saved. Let me take a minute and park right here. I am not aware of any other way to be saved other than what this word says. What do you mean by that? Well, some people believe that if they get baptized, that they'll, they'll, their sins will be washed away. Sweetheart, that's not true. The word didn't say anything about being baptized and your sins being washed away. If that was the case, all of the work that Jesus did on the cross, even before he got on the cross, right, um, the, the beating that he endured, the, um, the indignation that he suffered, um, the, the mockery that he um, didn't retaliate against, the accusations, <clears throat> excuse me, that were levied against him, all of that, including the beating and being um, crucified on the cross. Listen to me. Listen, listen. Are you listening? All of that, all of that would have been a waste if we could simply get dipped in the pool or in the lake and get back up and our sins was washed away. According to the scriptures, the way that we are saved is that we confess and we believe. That's basically Romans 8, 9 through 10 um, summed up. That's my summation of it, okay? Going to church, <clears throat> going to church and then having an epiphany does not save you. There are lots of people who go to church religiously. I mean, some people, there are some people who go to church several times a day. That's, that's great. If that's what you want to do, I'm not anti-church at all. What I'm saying is going to a physical building does not save you according to the word of God. 
the ingredients for salvation. Now, if you have another scripture during Love, Life, and Victory that you want to point to me, not your opinion, because I'm not interested in your opinion, right? I'm not giving you my opinion. I read the word. The word says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. And there are lots of well-meaning people out there who have opinions about salvation. I'm talking about the word for believers, not anything else, okay? So, again, the ingredients for salvation, which puts you into the game for becoming a believer, which qualifies you to, come, to become a believer, is to believe and confess. Because the, if you think about it, it's the foundation because the rest of your journey, the rest of what you're going to do as a believer requires faith. I think that we overcomplicate salvation and our relationship with God based upon there were three things that I came up with. There, there could be more, but this is just in my time of meditation. We overcomplicate salvation and we misunderstand it by misinformation from well-meaning leaders that are stuck on legalism. Well, what do you mean by legalism? Um, making salvation about a bunch of things that we can and cannot do. You can't do this. You can't do that. God is going to punish you if you do this. God, listen, punishment, the, the punishment that was received was received by Jesus Christ at the cross. He endured punishment for our sins. God is, God is a loving father. He wants the best for us. He's not sitting up in heaven thinking about ways how to punish you for stuff. We do a good enough job of that ourselves with, with beating ourselves up about um, something, a mistake that we made, right? He, that's not God's objective. That's not God's character. God loves us. If we could get a picture in our mind of how much God loves us. Um, if you could please put your phone on mute, somebody, I could have you have me on here. And you and you have the phone on. Thank you. Thank you so much. So oh boy. So if we could get a picture of how much You're doing a little bit of movement right now. You might have done it accidentally by putting the phone in your pocket or something like that, but we can thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. I wanna I'm not gonna miss this part about how much God loves you and how much He is in your corner, how how much He wants us to succeed. Right? There are consequences for sin. I'm not gonna get into that. We've talked about that several times. I'm not saying you can live any old kind of raggedy life. A wretched, nasty life. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not my topic today. There are absolutely consequences for the choices that we made. What I'm saying to you is that God's objective is not sitting up on his throne wanting to punish you for things that you did. Secondly, I believe that we overcomplicate salvation because of our disbelief imposed that we, that is self-imposed. Um, uh, some of us may believe that we've done too much wrong. I've heard this before. People say, I've done too much wrong for God to ever forgive me. That is a lie. Straight from the pit of hell. It's sent to distract you and get you to believe that God 
um, only the enemy would come up with something like that to get you to believe that God could never forgive you. God can do anything. If God could raise Jesus from the dead, he can do anything, including forgiving you for, for forgiving you for what you've done. Um, we also um, may believe that God has the in it. We, we also, some of us, have we don't have the ability to see God as a loving father based on father wounds that we hold God hostage to. Listen, God is not like earthly fathers. He's nothing like that. And while I can be sensitive to some people that did not have a model of a loving father, you may have had a father in your home who may have even been active in your life, but he did that person because they didn't have the capacity, didn't know how to demonstrate what it was to be a loving father. Or perhaps you grew up without your dad, or perhaps your dad abused um, his fatherly privileges. That's not a true picture of God, our father in heaven. The third thing that I came up with is trickery from the enemy who is aware of salvation's simplicity, which is why he works so hard to make us believe it, salvation, is complicated. I'm telling you, it is not. Salvation is as simple as believe and confess. You ain't got to be at a church to do it. You ain't got to have somebody pray over you. Right now, if you're listening to this call and you have not confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it is as easy as believing what the Word said in Romans 8, 9, and 10. I'm going to read it one more time because this may be your time to do it. You may have been misinformed. You may have believed that if you joined a church and started working there and doing it, that it saved you. That is not the word of God. Someone misinformed you, not on purpose. They misinformed you because of legalism, because of what they believed. If you are somebody that was baptized, never confessed your sins, you were told, you were taught that if you get baptized, you were saved. That's not true. And again, the person, whoever told you that, didn't do it out of, of malicious intent. They did it because they were also misinformed. I'm going to tell you one more time. If you're somebody that is on this call, if you're listening to this broadcast, or if you are listening to this playback, if you did anything other than to believe and confess, that is not salvation according to Romans 8, 9 through 10, which says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from death, you will be saved for it is by your it is by our faith that we are put right with God it is by our confession that we were saved let me hurry up and get to a conclusion um our our we are not required to work for salvation so you can never be good enough that's not a requirement of salvation it is a free gift but it is received based solely on our faith in God's word and our faith that God can, um, can, can save us. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own effort, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. It makes it an even playing field for everyone, regardless of your educational status, regardless of your economical status, regardless of your political status, regardless of, of your class. According to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, God made it possible for everyone. Our relationship with God is based purely on faith. Listen, we cannot see God, but we can feel and hear him. 
Jesus saith unto him, according to John 20 and 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast, hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me and yet have believed. Jesus was talking about us when he said, blessed are those that believe but have not seen me. Listen, um, there, there are some other details that I want to share with you, and I'm sure it may have raised some questions for you. I'm ready for y'all uh, during the love, life, and victory uh, portion of the call. But right now, we're going to pray, and I'm going to pass the call to Lady Diane. Oh, sovereign God, I thank you this morning for that word from Tanya, Lord God. And God, I just pray that she be blessed, oh God. God, I thank you for each declaration that's given on this call, Lord God, because, Lord, it, it, it teaches us how to approach you. It teaches us how to love you. It teaches us how to trust you, God. God, you said, Lord God, that if anyone comes to you, he must believe that you exist and that you are a rewarder of those who earnestly seek you. So I thank you, Lord God, for faith this morning. I thank you for the faith factor that's being taught, Lord God. God, I thank you for breathing my body this morning. God, I just give you praise for there is none like you. You are the great I am. You are the God who sits high and looks low. You are the God who gives us breath in our body. God, you said, obey him who looks after your soul. So God, I thank you this morning for the teaching on this line. I thank you, Lord God, for the teaching from each and every one that brings forth the declaration. God, I give you praise this morning, Lord God, for you are the incomparable God. You never change. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, God, I just thank you this morning, Lord God, for your saving faith, Lord God. God, I thank you for your salvation this morning. I thank you for your shed blood on the cross, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for all the teaching that our foundation may be strong by applying your word to our life, Lord God, walking it out in our soul's salvation. God, I just give you praise this morning, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we weren't consumed in our sleep, Lord God. But God, because your unfailing love, Lord God, you love us so much, Lord God, your great compassion. Oh God, I give you praise this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for the praise that's down on the inside of me. God, I love you this morning. I bless your holy name. None can compare to you. I thank you, Lord God, for the foundation, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the faith that you've given me, Lord God. When all things break loose, Lord God, I can always trust you, Lord God, because you never fail us. You never change your mind, Lord God. God, I thank you for caring for us, Lord God. God, I thank you that you said that 
everything concerns us concerns you. Well, God, I got some concerns this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for our children, Lord God. God, I thank you. Each time they walk out that door, I'm concerned about them, God, but I know, God, and trust you, Lord God, God, that they're going to be okay. God, when they go off to school, when they leave the house, oh God, God, I just praise you this morning, Lord God, for our future generation. God, I thank you that you watches over them, Lord God, that you keep them in your grace and your mercy, oh God. God, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for being concerned about the things that concern me and each and every one on this call. God, I thank you this morning, Lord, that I got some concerns for those, Lord God, who are sick and ill, those who are sick and shut in, God. God, I thank you this morning that what concerns me concerns you. God, I thank you this morning that my faith is strong, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for those who are sick, Lord God, and those who are on their deathbed. God, I thank you this morning that you hear our prayers when we pray, Lord God, because I trust and believe you, God. God, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for Dion this morning, Lord God. I thank you this morning for Tanya, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning for Dee Dee, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning for Ravonda, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for Deontay. I thank you this morning for Demarie. God, I thank you this morning for Josiah, Lord God. God, I thank you for all those we've been praying for day after day, Lord God. God, I thank you for Valacita, Lord God, that her test going to come out, Lord God, good, Lord God, because of you, Lord God. You are good, good Father. God, I thank you, and you give us good gifts, Lord God. God, I thank you for the gift of life today. I thank you, Lord God, today for salvation. I thank you, Lord God, for faith today, for the faith factor that's being taught, Lord God, that we will go back, Lord God, and read your word for ourselves and hear you speak to us, Lord God, that we will meditate on the things of you, Lord God, that it take root in us, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that we sit with you, Lord God, that we spend time with you, Lord God. God, I praise you for fasting, Lord God. God, I thank you for keeping us when we're weak, Lord God. God, I thank you, Lord God, just for you, Lord God. I thank you for your love, your unconditional love that you have toward me, God, and toward all of those on this call. God, I thank you for all the names that I did not call, Lord God, but you, God, who are God that knows everything, you who are omniscient, God, you know every name on the road for declared victory. God, I thank you this morning for all that you pour into our lives each day, day after day, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for being able to walk with you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you are a comforter to us when we're going through. God, you said that we can always approach the throne of grace 
Lord God, with boldness that we may obtain, that we may find mercy and obtain mercy and find grace. God, I thank you this morning that you are the great advocate, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning that you are the all-sufficient one, the God Almighty. God, I thank you this morning that you are El Shaddai. God, I thank you this morning that you are Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. God, I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, Lord God, the God who heals. So, God, we are asking for healing, Lord God, for Mr. Lawrence Sr., God. I praise you this morning, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, just for everything that you are doing, Lord God. We can always depend on you. And, God, we have to realize sometimes that healing is on the other side. But, God, we celebrate his life. We celebrate the life of each and every one on this call, Lord God. God, in the name of Jesus, I just give you praise, Lord God, because you never lost a patient. God, I thank you this morning, Lord God, for your teaching. I thank you that I could sit at your feet, Lord God, and learn from you. God, I thank you this morning. So if everyone would take their phones off of mute and give God some praise for his handiwork, give God some praise for his foundation in our life, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning because you you are the Holy One. There is none like you. You are the Atik Yaman, the God of ancient days. God, yes, I bless Lord. Thank you, Father, for your healing. You're holy, God. And you call us to be a holy people. God, I you're thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy God, you Thank are greatly, you, greatly to be praised, Lord God. Thank you, God, I bless your name. You, I give you praise this morning, Lord God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Bless you, Lord God. You can always. Be right there, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning for your greatness. I thank you this morning for Moni, Lord God, and all that she puts in on this call. God, I bless your name this morning, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for each and every victor on this call, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for our families, for our children. God, our future, Lord God. God, I thank you this morning that you are in control of everything, Lord God. God, you are the sovereign God that created the universe, the heavens and the earth and all that dwells in it. God, you are great and greatly to be praised, Lord God. There is none like you, God. Thank Fill you. my cup, Lord God. Let it all Thank you, Lord. Let it all Thank you. Let it overflow. Thank you for the God, overflow. I bless your name. Thank you, I bless your name. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, Lord God. Yes, you're so worthy. Thank you, Lord God. 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 Thank you, Lord
You are always there. You are always there. You said you never leave us nor forsake us. if we confess our sins before you, God, you are faithful and just to forgive us, oh God. So God, I bless your name this morning. I keep you praying. Unconditional love. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, God. Hey, thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord God, for open doors. No thank you for favor, no peace, one, joy, Lord the power, God. and the love of the Holy Ghost, God. Bless thank you, Lord God. Thank you, thank Jesus. You, Lord God. Thank you for faith, Lord God. Yes, thank you, Lord, because you are faithful when we are faithless, yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, thank you. Bless your name. Bless you. Bless your name, you holy God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As I pass the call back to Tanya, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Um, I want to, before we get started, I want to open the call up and allow you, if you did not get a chance to say good morning uh, before the call started. Now is your opportunity. Good morning. Hello, and who is out there? Good morning, Tim. Diane. Gloria. Good morning, Gloria, and good morning, Diane. Who was that? Good morning, it's Dee Dee. Oh, good morning, Dee Dee. Good morning, it's Dee Dee. Hey, Anyone else want to say good morning? Good morning, morning, Bernice. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Juju. Good morning. All right. Well, I guess we're going to go ahead and jump in. So before we do, though, start the discussion, I want to, I'd like to lead it off by asking if anybody had a question or um, wanted to add to or wanted to make a statement, whatever. Now is your time to do so. All righty. No questions. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Barbara. Hey, God bless everybody this morning. I've been out and I've done witnessing before in the past, and there's always been uh, sometimes a little bit of conflict on on what you should say and what you should do. Uh, So I do use Romans 10 and 9, but I have went out with other people who say that's not that's not enough, and you got to really urge people to, to get to the water. So I just wanted to ask you again, I don't know if I missed it or not, but are you just saying that believing is enough without going to the water? Oh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the reverse. You can't just go to the water. You you know what I mean? Like go, Some people believe and some people teach that you are saved by being baptized that's not according to the scripture romans 8 9 10 and you've read it yourself because you use it 
Um, baptism yeah. is, I'm not, I'm not downplaying baptism at all. We have to do it in context, though. Right. First thing right. is right. to believe and confess, to be saved. Then, then your baptism is important because that is a, like an open confession, the way that I see it. Like that's an open declaration to everybody that, that I'm saved now. The old man is being crucified. The old man is dying. And when I come up out of the water, you know, that, that is a symbolism of uh, Christ's resurrection. That's how I believe it. That's how I see it. No, ma'am, I'm not. Uh, I hope I cleared that up. Yes, you did, because that, that would be putting the car before the horse. So I mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank yeah. you so much for clearing that up. You You're welcome. Time. You too. Anybody else have a question? Let, 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 let me ask the all-important question. Um, I made an invitation uh, while while I was on the call in the middle of the declaration for anybody who, um, you know, did not follow that basic recipe of believe and confess. Um, is there anybody who did that while we were on the call? I just want to acknowledge you and celebrate you. It's not to embarrass you at all. Okay. All right. What is what do you believe, you guys? What do you believe what do you believe as it pertains to God? What is your faith factor? What is your ingredient for faith? Hey Tanya, this is Juliet. I just want to make hey, a clarification more on this uh baptism. So like if a person say a person, you know, believes in their heart but then they don't get a chance to like baptize be baptized, will they still, you know, you know, like something happens to them, something they pass away or whatever. Can will they mm-hmm. still go? You know, if they make their, oh, I, I, so make so their, my belief, I, I I think I understand what you're saying. You're you're wanting to know would that person still go to heaven? Would they be You know, would they still be considered justified in the eyes of God? They passed away. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. in in my belief, uh, and if there's another scholar on the call that can jump in, my belief is this. Those were circumstances beyond their control. If you know, if they if they passed, they didn't have the chance um, to be baptized. So baptism is very very important. We should not willfully put it off uh, or make a decision that we don't want to be baptized. And you need a little bit. I don't want to take the call. I want to answer your question, but I but I don't want to take the call into because I'm not prepared to really discuss it, I don't want to take the call down baptism. I'm not saying your question is not valid. It is. I want to answer it. Um, But as far as I understand it, that's a situation out of that person's control. We don't control when we die, right? Um, We don't, that's that's not a decision that we make. I believe that um, confession and belief, salvation, uh, what is the most important thing? It's important to be baptized, but if you die, that's not a condition of being saved. You see what I'm saying? Like if if a person died, that wouldn't mean that they don't go to heaven because they didn't. Because you know it's not always a possibility. If I live in the desert, like for instance, I live in a third world country in Africa or whatever, and there is you know water is is not around me or whatever, um, and I'm I'm not able to get to water readily, or I'm, I just got saved and I don't have yet a church affiliation, I don't even understand about baptism or whatever, um, you know, getting that knowledge and understanding it, um, it is important, but um, again, if somebody were to die, I don't believe that that would, um, God would hold that against them, because he's in control of life and death. Does that answer your question, Jules? 
Yeah, I'm, I'll, 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 that's, I feel the same way. I just want to just okay. clarification purposes, you know. So really what you're saying is a condition of the heart, right? You know, if, our, if we really believe in our heart, um, no matter if we get a chance to get baptized or not, that, uh, you know, we shall see God. That's what I, I'm I, I believe that. Yeah, I, be, I believe like you. Um, hello, hi. Um, to piggyback off of what you just said, um, you're absolutely right. And also, to back that up, um, remember on the cross when um, the gentleman got saved next to Christ, and he said, mm-hmm. "Who you see me in paradise. He didn't have time to be baptized. So definitely, he believed in his heart. Your belief um, is, is the, the faith factor. Again, it goes back to um, we need a faith in, in God. The faith factor, believing in God, and definitely, like um, my sister said, you can't put it off. You have to make that declaration. Say, okay, look at me. I am willing and able to be baptized. But if you're not able to, say circumstances, some people just live in their deathbed, but still, when they die, as long as they believe and receive and accept Christ, when they die, they will see God. Amen. Amen. Who was just speaking? And that's Jacqueline Coker. Um, Oh, Jacqueline, um, I, I, love Jacqueline. <laughs> I love thank your accent. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for interjecting. Anybody else have a question or 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 um, a statement or um, like even if it is, what did you get out of the declaration? Did it did it further explain? Did it further confuse? Anything? Anything? All right, well, y'all, you know what? I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I, I can give you guys some time back. Um, I believe the word did what it was supposed to do, um, and I'm, I'm thankful that I was in a position to hear and you guys were in a position to hear and receive. And I want to encourage you to, uh, since we're going to go ahead and release the, uh, the call, I want to encourage you to think about your faith factor. I want to encourage you to think about your position um, uh, especially the questions that I ask, right? What do you What do you believe in? What, what do you believe in? Yes, Didi. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm still bottling the symptom, but thank you um, for amazing declaration and storytelling. I so needed it. I love when you um, tell your stories, and I just want to tell you, I'm sure you're going to be using the accent of the sister that just spoke really soon because I also. Um, love her accent, <laughs> so I'm sure we'll be having a story with you going into character because that's what you do so well. <laughs> but you know what? I'm so glad that the baptism and all that part came up because there's so many people that walk around and they believe that if they've not been baptized, then they're not getting in heaven. And we have to get it in our head. It is a faith factor. We have to believe it. We have to truly know that we know without a shadow of a doubt. And sometimes the ritual part of this walk will have people ready to jump, really. So I'm just grateful that, like Diane said in her wonderful prayer, that we are declare victory and that we're being taught um, in such a way that nobody should leave this call different. You know what I mean? Everybody should leave this call different, I'm saying. You should really want to get into the Word of God and believe that you believe what you believe. That makes any sense. And even believe what we pray. And so it's just not words, and we're just not talking, and we're just, you know, we're really walking this faith walk out because it's real. So I just appreciate you. And again, like I said, I'm looking forward to your next story because I know that character is going to be in it. I love you, sis, and thank you. <laughs> Stevie. 
saying? But, you know, I, I, um, one of the things that can get us, that can confuse us and that can confuse people is what you were talking about, um, like the ritual. So I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm not calling baptism a ritual. Baptism is one of the ordinance of Christ, just as communion is. So it is important, right? Um, but, but what I want to do is make sure that we don't get stuck on uh, a bunch of things that we should and should not do and overcomplicate this walk. Um, this is a simple walk. It's not easy, but it's a simple walk. There's a difference between simple and easy. Simple is I have these simple instructions from I, I, I purchased something that, that I've got a symbol. And obviously it's simple enough for do-it-yourselfers, for people to put it together. Otherwise, the thing would not come unassembled, right? You don't need an engineering team or a construction team to put together, you know, something might feel like it. But these things that, they, that come assembled, generally you, you don't need somebody like that. If you follow the instructions, listen, if you follow the instructions but read them, and follow them. Don't just read them and put them aside. Read them and follow them. Generally, you can put together whatever the little cabinet or whatever the thing is. However, if you do like me sometimes, I hate, I love to read, but I hate, hate, hate. I know that's a strong word. I strongly dislike, I don't even know why it's retarded. I strongly dislike reading instructions. I think in my head, I could just, just look at it and figure it out. And then you end up with a couple of screws that are left out or another piece, well, where did this come from? Or you put it on backwards because you wasn't paying attention. Two of the pieces looked the, like they were the exact same thing, but they weren't. There was a slight difference, right? So we have to do the same thing with the Word of God. We've got to be willing to read the Word and follow the instructions of the Word because they're not just it's not just a story. Unless you believe the Bible is full of a bunch of good stories and you just read it, you know, whenever, Right? There's far more to this than we realize, guys. Guys, I am um, studying a different topic that is increasing. I'm studying a topic that is that is literally transforming my life right now. Uh, and I can't wait to get to the point where I can share it with you. Um, uh, I, and and I just want you to pray for me over these over the, for the rest of the remainder of the month. Just just pray for me. If you any time you think of me, just pray for me. Um, but but it's, it's taking faith to do what it is that is different, right? And, you know, the thing about faith as a believer, if we allow it to be, certain situations can be scary for us or intimidating to us. It's because it is the unknown. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Well, that's where faith comes in. Believing and trusting God for whatever it is that you're believing and and as a believer, we're believing God for things that are godly. We're believing God for things that are that that are of substance. We don't want to waste our time and God's time on silly things, things and or things that we can do ourselves. Well, Lord, I'm believing you to um, help me lose weight. Mm, nope, not gonna do it because you have to have the discipline to um, say no to certain foods. God is not going to, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to uh, burn the Krispy Kreme donuts 
in your hand. You know, you're not going to burn them up in your hand um, because you went and purchased it or the cookies or the fried chicken or the french fries. It's not, you've got to exercise discipline like Mario did. Mario lived a life of discipline. And and you got to start somewhere, right? Our God is not going to, I don't know, you want to start exercising. God is not going to miraculously position you in the gym with your workout clothes on. You physically got to get up, put your clothes, your, the right attire on so that you can go to the gym and then do something when you get to the gym, right? You got to have some kind of activity. So hey, sometimes hey, we put, yeah, who's this? I just want to say this, you know, I just truly appreciate uh, this word this morning. Um, you know, um, I was just thinking about when you had you were speaking, you know, when you have faith, uh, you put action to your faith, you know, because the Bible says yeah. faith without works is dead, you know, mm-hmm. and we exhibit faith all the time, you know. Yes. Yeah. Just, just walking out the door, sitting, being able, you know, looking at a chair and just sitting in the chair. You know, you, you look at that chair and you say, oh, I, I have to say that chair is going, you're not saying it but, you know, by sitting in it, you know, you're saying that I believe that chair is going to hold me up. And then you act on it. You sit down. You know, it's like, uh, but, we, but we, as like you said, we make it more complicated when it comes to God. And that's why the enemy has come in, you know. Um, we feel like we got to help God along and add more to these little basic commandments he's given. We add more to it. But, like, if we just, you know, have faith that what God said, He's what what, what is in the Word is, is, you know, if we just have faith in those things that he has said and, and act upon those things instead of feeling like we got to help him along, then we wouldn't be in a position that we're in right now. You know, yeah, absolutely right. So, like, people would have, the Jews would have recognized Jesus had they not added so many different laws to his word, you know, so many rules and conditions. To, they they would have re- recognized that it was Christ. You know, we make it, like you said before, we are the ones that make it more. And it's, it's hard because it's, this is how the world works, though, you know. It's, it's hard. Uh, it's like a deconditioning of of you know of, of of our walk with God because if you look at it from the world's perspective everything's based upon works you know if I do this then I get rewarded you know so it's 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 a deconditioning and the only person that can do that is the Holy Spirit if we allow Him to do that because nothing like you said before nothing baptism none of that stuff even though it's all important it's not going to save us if we don't have faith. You made some really, really good points, Juju. Go ahead, Diane, I think. Yeah, I okay. I agree with, with uh, Juliet. You know, faith is believing God and acting up on that belief. And if we just do the commandments, and, and they're, they're, they're not hard to understand. If we just sit and ask God, you know, when we don't understand something and and meditating on the word and studying the word daily is what gives us understanding what God God will bring revelation to us the more we stay in the word. But we have to be a student of God to want to know 
what does God say about us and about doing the things of him? And we we have to, that action that we have to do, we have to put our feet to the ply. We have to walk it out and, you know, so that it would and take take root in us. But in order to take root in us, we have to know what God says. We have to get in that word. We cannot... We cannot believe and trust God without being in his word because that's part of trusting him and believing him is what he said. He said, I am God in the flesh. He said that I exist. We have to believe all that. And in order to believe those things, we have to be a student of the word and learn how to apply it to our life. That's the main thing God wants us to get out of this in order to know him is to get in the word, to see who he is and what he says. So I just think, you know, we have to really define and know what it is to trust God and to believe God and and what we believe in really matters. That's it. I want to, is there somebody else trying to speak? Hi, um, it's Tamisha. Good morning. I feel so um, blessed to like hear because I was hoping that the conversation would continue because in my mind I was trying to figure out like, okay, what was the nuggets and like what should I take away? Um, and I I think what I what I want to say is that um, when you said about your faith factor and I think for me it's like I I I have too much experience to not believe in God. And like and to not have not have like faith, right? And so and it's like I I read the Bible, I know the Bible I'm constantly like I go to Bible study studying I know, like, everybody plant the word in your heart so you can be protective and everything, and that's great, too. And I was, and I have too much experience and been saved too many times and will be dead and in jail and out of my mind if it wasn't for God, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm clear on that. And the thing that I struggle with a lot this happened to me twice is that um, I had a, so one thing that I struggle with is, you know, the story that people tell, I think it might be a kid's story about the guy on the roof and it's a flood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm that person. A couple of different versions, but I've heard it. I'm that, I'm that person. <laughs> God saved me, right? And then, you know, somebody will give me, you know, confirmation or say something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep praying and, and then something happened and somebody else said something. And I'm like, Lord, I'm asking for your help. I'm that type of person. And it don't. it's not until things, like, get really out of control that I start to recognize that all along God was sending me help, confirmation, and I was ignoring it. And I think that's, that's the thing that I struggle with the most. Um, and as far as, like, religious practices, like, I was bat- saved and baptized twice. And I, um, I'm i just, and I think it's because people made me feel like I wasn't saved the first, the first time. Um, 
And so I guess I had a question around, like, rededication because it's this thing that I was like, I thought when I got saved the first time and then I got baptized that that was it. But then people in the church made me feel like I needed a do-over, like I had to do it again. And I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. like, is that... Is that why sometimes I wonder, even still, if, you know, if God is, like, around sometimes, you know? Bless your heart. Um, Thank you for being um, honest enough and putting yourself in a vulnerable position to even state that. Um, Some people would have too much pride to, um, to even ask that question. So I'm glad we stuck around, too. Um. So the first thing that I want to say to you is stop being that person on the roof. You can, you can decide today that you're not going to do that anymore. Um, uh, it's, it's a matter of choice, and it's a matter of discipline, you know, and, and making a determination that you, you, want, to, you want to uh, ask God to circumcise your ears so that you can hear uh, when he speaks and know his voice. The Bible says, my sheep know his voice, and a stranger's voice they will not answer. Um, so take control of the doubt and replace it with faith. In reference to being saved and baptized uh, and then doing it again, that had nothing to do with God. That was people putting pressure on you based upon their perception. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to down those people. I'm not going to um, at all. They had an understanding. And based upon their understanding, they projected that on you. Um, the Bible says that, uh, again, when we confess and believe we're saved, and the great thing is is that you sealed it with baptism, that God is not confused by what happened. Um, you were obedient to your leadership, right? You were obedient to your leadership, and God honored what you did. That has nothing to do, that those two incidents, in my opinion, have nothing to do with where you are today or that God is confused about you. God, Tamisha, loves you. He loves you, which is why he's placed you on this call, which is why you continue to call back, and which is why you had that hunger, that desire, oh, please don't hang up yet. God, listen, God answered a prayer for you, just like that. Here's another thing. Um, It's a general statement, but it also applies to you. How is it that children, babies, little bitty kids, how is it that they have faith? Why is it that they believe whatever they're told? It is because faith is instilled in us as human beings. Really, it's second nature. But circumstances, the world system defaced us. I just made that word up, defaced. They defaced us. They cause us to believe that they cause us to believe negatively. If you think about it, so going back to your point, Tamisha, you just keep going. As of today, I don't think you need to redo anything. I think that you just need to keep going. You start, you don't, you've already confessed. You've already believed. I believe that you're saved. I believe that God has more in store for you. I believe now what you need to do is just put into action the things that you've been taught. Um, as, as, and keep coming here, and the things that you hear, uh, take them and study them on your own. We, the great thing about the call is is that you can listen to the playback. If there's something that you've missed, you can go and listen again, 
and you can pray and ask God to reveal the mystery, reveal the, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the mystery to you, to reveal the truth to you so that you can get it, you can keep it, and then you can go tell it. Does that make sense? Yes. Tamisha, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Wonderful. 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 Thank you. Yeah, there's there's something there's something about you. My heart leapt when you um when you opened your mouth. Um there's a hunger that you have and the Bible says, He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. I just want to encourage you, no matter what distractions come your way, keep showing up um to this call and keep showing up for yourself and you watch you mark my words. You watch what God does for you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Good morning, Sister Tanya. Good morning, Brother Jeff, with your 60-year-old self. You showed us how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, the, 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 the meat of uh, the decoration this morning, the real hit was uh, – the faith, the the foundation, you know, like you you said, one of the cousins' house crumbled in the 1989 earthquake. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm just thankful for this call that uh, you know we we get to to uh, have our foundation inspected. You know what I'm saying? To where mm. that we're being taught and, and we're being uh, uh, guided along the way that that's going to uh, shore up uh, our foundation and our faith and our belief in, in, in our uh, in, in our salvation. So, you know, it's like uh, uh, if your foundation and what you believe in, oh, my God, ain't solid or uh, when a storm comes, you're going to crumble. So thank you for that um that's what really stood out for me in, in your declaration. Uh, and, and you can talk, you can, you can uh, touch on that a little bit more if you choose to, because we must have a solid foundation in order for us to be victorious uh, in, in our walk with Christ. Thank you, Jeff. Let's put it in reverse and go on back to Mario and Ronaldo, um, because there absolutely are some analogies that we can use um, in the foundation of both cousins. Um, the way that I see Rinaldo is that um, if I put it into spiritual context, um, both of them got saved. And as soon as Rinaldo got saved, um, he got baptized too. Both of them got saved, baptized, and let's say they got filled with the Holy Ghost according to Acts 2 and 4. They got a whole douse of everything. They got oil, right? They got a douse of it. But Ronaldo, as soon as he learned a couple of little scriptures, you know, people people saw his church leaders, saw his zealousness and started to promote him and let him speak and put him in this position and that position and another position. And before you knew it, maybe he even became a pastor. Real quick, real quick. Now, God can do a quick work in people. He absolutely can. He can equip them and appoint them quickly. But people, church leaders, um, even just regular parishioners, they see you got a little gift, they'll start talking about how you a preacher or how you a missionary or you a pastor or this, that, and the other, and people can send us, right? And these people, if you're not sure of yourself, if you're not 
if you not heard the voice of God speak to you and tell you to do this, that, or the other, and you allow people to send you, especially babes in Christ, right, um, then they, they get a little, they can get a little ego. They know a little bit because people depend on them, and they start depending on the people who are depending on them. The, the people puff them up, and the ego is there, and the, I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm pastor so-and-so, and I'm doctor this, and I'm bishop that. And it's great to have titles. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but when we get caught up into that stuff, it's an example of somebody who doesn't have a sure, I feel like I'm yelling right now. Let me stop. It's an example. It could be an example of someone. No, not could be. It is an example of someone who doesn't have a sure foundation. Their foundation is in their title. Their foundation is in their status. And as soon as that, as soon as that status is taken away, for instance, they get um, appointed in a, um, in my denomination, um, we have um, jurisdictions. They're like divisions, right? Um, and there is a bishop or an overseer that is over a particular jurisdiction. So it might be Northern California or parts of Northern California that might be split uh, in two because Northern California is so big, or it could be Southern California, whatever their divisions, right? But we call them jurisdictions. And let's just say the bishop or the overseer or the person that's in charge of a particular jurisdiction appoints Ronaldo to a particular state position. Well, that's status in the church, in my, in my uh, denomination. That's a certain level of status. You're not just a regular, like, you know, deacon or regular church member, although there's nothing wrong with that at all because you can get just as much done as people who have status. So Rinaldo is all caught up in his, you know, his status. He's this and the other. Mario, he's chill. He's cool with serving in his church. Sometimes he don't take on too much because his focus is understanding salvation. His focus is um, getting depth to what he has. He wants to know all there is to know. Now, he's open to helping. He's open to ministering. But as far as a whole bunch of titles and stuff like that, he's cool. He's just like, just call me Mario. I'm Brother Mario. It don't matter. I'm not caught up into all that. Um, and let's just say, in Rinaldo's case, <clears throat> the bishop uh, makes a decision to move him out of office, not necessarily because he's done anything wrong or whatever, but he decides to put another up-and-coming youngster who's got more energy or just as much energy as Rinaldo had when he first got appointed to that office. Well, Rinaldo's bubble is busted because he don't have that position anymore. Now he got a whole attitude, this and the other, um, because he got called too quickly, not, and, count, and nobody can tell him anything. He, he not, he's not open to correction. He's not open to reproof. He's all full of himself because the, the people in the church, no, no shade against him, but they start calling him. They start telling him who he was. He didn't take the time to find out who he was. He didn't take the time to dig down deep and put in steel reinforcements in its foundation through prayer and fasting and studying the word. And now he's crushed because he don't have a position. He don't get to sit up in the front anymore. He don't get to hang in the circles in the back room with all the big mucky mucks anymore. So his little spiritual, his spiritual house has crumbled. As opposed to Mario, he's just going at a steady pace. He's hearing from God. He's getting revelation. God is using him just on a, on, on a, on a, on a, in a major way. God is using him. And Ronaldo cannot understand why, why Mario got all these people crowding around him, wanting him to come and, you know, do this, or they want him to hang out with him or whatever. Can anybody relate to that, what I just said? 
first of all, has anybody seen that? And we're not going to down any churches at all. That's not the purpose of this call. The purpose of this call is to talk about foundation and identify it so that you don't get caught in that trap. I've seen it time and time again, which is why, let me, let me digress this a little bit. It's why I'm so adamant that, I mean, I appreciate the respect that people try to get, but I don't care about, I'm a licensed evangelist in my denomination. That's great. You know, I got a license. I'm not caught up in that. If I wanted to right now, I could get into all these circles that people are clamoring to get over. I'm not interested personally. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel I can be just as effective right here on Declare Victory or in the trenches helping people to understand how important it is that they have a foundation. Does that make sense? So I'm like, if you, if you see my name on a program, if I'm someplace and they, if I see missionary so-and-so events, like, I'm like, oh my God, can you just get my name right? Can you just call me Tanya, not Tanya? That's all that really matters. Okay. With that said, with that said, can anybody identify with what I just said about the example that I used with Ronaldo and Mario? Absolutely. Who is this? This is Gloria. Hey, Gloria. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the anointing, the people seeing it and, you know, going way, way up and taking the time to dig down in with the Holy Ghost to find out what is God really saying about me? What, where you really want me at, Father? What, what is the purpose and the call that you have on my life? And how, and, and now you direct me through it. Absolutely. Can. Absolutely. And you can stay in years in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was that just said my name? Aisha. Hey, girl, is you, is you at the place? no not yet not yet (laughs) okay um what the question that you just asked you know really uh, stirred up something in me because i you know every church that i attended it was you had to be a part of ministry and i always felt pushed to do something and it wasn't really something that i felt passionate about and so it wasn't until um, I came to my current church that that was the first time I volunteered for something um, to be a part of ministry. And I think that that's how it really should be is that you, sometimes you, you have to feel that calling or have someone tap your shoulder and say, you know, I see this in you versus if you're going to be, you know, do Lord's work, you have to do this, you have to do that because then it's not genuine at all. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And I, I just want to say to everybody on the call, including Freedom Radio or whomever might be listening later, you are such a jewel in the kingdom. You are such a jewel to ministry. And I, I, I really, like I feel like getting emotional right now. You are such a blessing. Um, you do what you do with excellence and passion and what Aisha does is behind the scenes. And I understand the job that she does because I did it, not just where I, where I am, where we are currently, but I did it previously. It's, it's not easy, but she does it with such poise and excellence. And like Aisha is somebody in, her, in the marketplace, like Aisha is a whole somebody. Like, like 
she got she got you know she got some pull but in humility she serves in this capacity and i feel safe with what she does i don't question her decisions um she doesn't take advantage of what she does she's careful about the way that she handles it as if it is precious because what she does is precious right it's a gift what she does and so i appreciate you that's the first thing the other thing from a oh i love you more sweetie from from a leader's standpoint there there's a there's a there's something that i want to put out there and then i'm going to back it up so from a leader's standpoint we understand that it's very important um once somebody gets saved or you know becomes involved in church we we uh, becomes a, a part of a church or an organization it's very important for that person to get involved because once a person gets involved um statistically they're more likely to stay because now they have buy in they have they they feel like they are a part of versus someone who just gets in church you know gets saved or they become a part of a church and they just kind of come they don't really participate in anything the really delicate thing to do is is to have is the right timing now involvement doesn't mean that you know as a leader i'm looking out it's my job as the leader you know if i'm the pastor or whoever it's my job to look out among the audience and watch as a watchman i'm watching to see what is that person's characteristics what does it appear pray god what where what is a good position for them because i see the qualities and I want to make sure that they don't get lost in just being a member. Um, um, we want to be able to tap into uh, the, the resource, the, not the resource, but we want to tap into their gifts and talents because they have them for a reason, right? And they, they may be completely raw and they, need, they may need cultivating, but we, you, as a leader, you should be able to see, you know, certain things in people, right, and, and kind of navigate them. Um, but as a leader, we have to have balance in that we are not trying to force someone into doing something. One of the things at my church, my former church, my dad, bless his heart, the first thing he would do is, oh, you need to get in the choir. Like some of these people, you should stop, stop, don't do that anymore. They need to sing. They need to know how to sing. (laughs) Some of them need to be ushers. Uh, Not that you got to have a gift to be an usher too, but, you know, if you sing, you know, people are going to hear you and you could throw the whole choir off if you're tone deaf or you just, you just can't, you can't get it together. You can't hold a note in a bucket. At any rate, I kind of feel like I'm rambling. My, my point is, is that as a leader, it's my responsibility that I'm not forcing someone and I'm not putting so much pressure into someone to take on some kind of position. Involvement could be being a part of a small group, attending a small group or attending Bible class if you don't have small groups. Uh, involvement could be, um, you know, uh, inviting the person to, uh, you know, uh, a particular, to some of the functions that you have at your church. Involvement could be um, you getting to, you as the leader, getting together with them, meeting with them to find, just befriending them, right? Uh, or involvement can be participating in a auxiliary. It doesn't mean that we need to tell somebody that they got to be over something because they may not be ready for that. So the leadership is responsible for the leader to watch and to pray and to look out among the congregation and get the people involved, but not to the degree where they feel pressured. Because if you feel pressure and resistance from somebody, that's not a good thing. You need to back off 
I'm talking to you leaders. Yep, I'm call, I'm you, you right there. I'm talking to you. Back off. Back off and pray about, well, Lord, what direction, you know, um, Lord, I pray that you give them the desire, you know, to do something in ministry. Back off for a few weeks, um, a couple of months or whatever, but continue to be friendly with them. And you can gently ask, have you given any thought to where you think you might like to participate? It might be, you know, typing. It might be something administrative. It may not be something that is out front. I hope that makes sense to somebody. Uh, and if you're feeling that pressure at your church, you have the right to say, mm, I'm feeling kind of pressured right now, and I don't, that, I, I'm not feeling good about that, and I'm, I need to pray about where God wants me. Now, they don't, they don't take God years and months to, you know, reveal to you where he wants you to be, but, you know, you have a right. Even if you're, I believe, you have a right as a person. If your pastor or church leader says to you, I want you to serve in this position, if it doesn't feel right for you, uh, and especially if you have a young family and it's going to take a lot of time from what you do with your family, it's going to cause you to neglect your family or and or cause you to neglect work, you have a right to respectfully decline because you don't want to have to do something, right? Anyway, that's that's my opinion. Um, that's my opinion. And if the person comes back to you again and says, but I really believe the Lord is, is, is but God will say something to you too. He's not just going to have a one conversation with one with, with with one person. You know, it may even be, I'll say this and then I'll stop and open it up. It may even be <clears throat> a situation where somebody comes to you and says, you know, I really see you doing X, Y, and Z. I was in prayer about it and the Holy Spirit revealed X, Y, Z. You may not even know how to do what they're talking about. You, it may not even be an interest, but all of a sudden as they're talking, something of fire lights. In, up inside of you. It's like, like um, a light switch comes on. And as they're talking about it, you can see yourself doing that particular thing or you develop interest in it. That lets you know that's, that's something that lines up with God's will over your life. On the other hand, the person comes along. Here's another scenario. A person comes along and says, I see you. The Lord revealed to me that you were going to be preaching the nation. And you're like, huh? Or whatever it is, and it doesn't re it doesn't fit, right? It feels off. That's generally an indication that that's mm, that's pro that's mm, no thank you. Yeah, that's generally how you know because the spirit bears witness with the spirit. I'll open it up. Anybody have a question? Anybody need further clarification? Okay. Well, I, I think we've done this discussion justice, um, uh, and again, I believe God is pleased, and uh, I'm thankful that we were able to share and engage in some dialogue this morning. Um, I, I want to say I'm not um, uh, trying to uh, come against any denomination. Um, I love the roots that I have. I appreciate them. Um, they are a good foundation for me and many people that I know that are in the same denomination. So this is no, I'm not making any disparaging marks against any particular denomination or religious affiliation. At the end of the day, it is not about rules and um, things that are man-made. Uh, Juliet made the point about the Jews and all their rituals and all their rules. 
If we're not careful, people of God, we could be just like the Jews, a whole bunch of traditions, can't eat on this day, can't work on that day, can't do this, can't do that. God, if it's not backed up by the word of God, um, if we have if we have stretched it and made it um, something that it really isn't to satisfy um, some con- personal convictions that we have, we've got to be careful of that too. I might have a personal conviction about, I don't know, what, wearing a bunch of jewelry. I personally might have a personal conviction about wearing a bunch of jewelry and wearing certain clothes because before I was saved, that's what I did to get money, to entice people, men and women. I'm not saying that's what I did. I'm using that as an example. (laughs) Anyway. If I did that in my previous life, I might have a conviction about dressing that way and wearing certain things now that I'm saved. That's my personal conviction. That's not necessarily Sue Ann's personal conviction. She just likes to wear jewelry because she likes blingy things, right? And she weighed 457 pounds and she lost weight and got down to a size 10, and she likes her curves. Not not a bunch of cellulite and a bunch of stomachs and flab that's left over from all the weight that she lost. But, you know, she toned up, and she ain't trying to, uh, you know, she ain't trying to tempt anybody. She's just proud of the work that she does, and she used to wear a bunch of baggy clothes and black all the time, somebody. <laughs> and now she realizes that, you know, it's okay for her to wear color, and she just likes to dress. She ain't trying to tempt nobody. She ain't trying to hook nobody. She ain't trying to entice nobody. It's her. You can't put your convictions on her. You can't. It's not fair. You're judging her because you don't know her motive. If my motive is wrong, um, if my motive is um, to manipulate and do things that are ungodly, my foundation is weak. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what do all this talk that we just had just now, what's that got to do with my foundation? The point is, Weak foundation. I'm going to go back to the cousins. Get exalted real quick. No time to build a solid foundation. Foundation is weak. As soon as something happens, the house falls, the, 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 their, their life, they don't have nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with them. They can't take nothing and they fall apart. As opposed to the storms and the winds and the rain that come against somebody like Amario or come against somebody like Tanya you know, um, who uh, suffered a a loss completely out of nowhere. Eight months ago, my husband died unexpectedly, right? To be able to stand in the power of God, to stand in the word, gives gives you an idea of my foundation. Not of me, it has nothing to do with me, other than I made a choice to confess and believe and build a foundation. Those are choices that I made. Right, and in the middle of uh, another relative dying, and in the middle of a good friend, like, and God's still sustaining me. Do I have my moments? Absolutely, but my core is my foundation, my belief in God. So, with that said, we're going to go ahead and end the call. Father, we just pray this morning that you are glorified, and that whoever has their phone um, off mute. We need them to mute it because we hear all the background noise and we want to get this last prayer in. God, we thank you for the mute button. And we thank you, Father God, for your word, uh, which is sharper 
than any two-edged sword. Lord, it cuts going and coming. We thank you, Father, that we take this word and we apply it. We make this part of the ingredients of our foundation, which is believing uh, believing in you, believing your word and activity, uh, not just sitting dormant, not just having a latent experience with you where we take whatever comes along. God, we thank you that we can rejoice in you, the God of our salvation. We pray, Lord God, that you would bless the people of God everywhere that are under the sound of my voice, whether it's live or recorded, as they go out into the marketplace, as they meditate on your word uh, today, as they think about the conversation that we had about the two cousins, the one that had a a weak foundation and the one that had a strong foundation and that we make the right choices today that add to our foundation to solidify it. God, we give you glory and we give you honor. We pray for our babies as they are uh, preparing to go to school today. We pray for the educators. We pray for those uh, teachers' aides. We pray for the janitors. We pray for the office staff. We pray that you would protect our babies from those that would seek to do them harm. We pray for those that are in the marketplace at their jobs or on their way to their jobs, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to allow their lives, their light to shine so people can say, what is this thing that you have? I, I want I want to know more about it. How can I get it? Lord God, that we're not a witness so much with our mouths, but we are a witness with our belief in you. Uh, we, we tend to, as a second nature, believe the best we no matter what the circumstances look like, we make a decision to use our faith instinctively. No matter what has happened before of the distractions that the enemy has put in our path to get us not to believe, understanding that that's a trick from him to get us to uh, to be dormant, to get us to uh, uh, to to no longer believe you and to no longer trust you, helping us to put that in the forefront forethought of our minds that the distractions come from the enemy and that we will make a decision today that we will not be distracted we will not be defeated that we will keep going because if we continue to go lord god we will win we will win if we don't quit that's what i meant to say father thank you that we are more than conquerors we are winners in christ jesus and so we bless your name and we give you praise Thank God. Amen. Make today a great day to get today, guys. Ladies, if you can join, uh, walk it out this evening at 6 o'clock. I'm sure the walking word, Sister Lisa Porter, would be ecstatic. I love you, and I look forward to hearing from you tomorrow morning. Have a great day, because this is the day that the Lord has made, and we can make a choice to rejoice. Love you. Have a good day. Love you. I love I'm going to work. Amen. Eric, go on that top. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye, you guys. Love you guys. Be blessed, family. Love you. Love you, Miss Yvonne. Have an awesome day, everyone.
Thank you.